Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and joining us live or on Archive. Thank you so much. Uh, we are back on the Candid Conversations uh, show page, uh, getting ready to kick off here in just a couple of minutes uh, with Rebecca. And uh, just, you know, some general housekeeping. Um, I know that things have been a bit odd, uh, you know, with everything that's been going on. And with the Candid Conversations page particularly, the subject material that we talk about is very difficult. Um, it takes um, a lot of research, it takes a lot of homework, it takes a lot of heartfelt approach. So a lot of the shows that we tried to do, we tried to do live in the studio. And unfortunately, with the sicknesses and everything going on, we just kind of had to kind of, uh, you know, work with what we have. Um, and we're also not going to just do a show just to do one. So we've been off for a couple of weeks, uh, getting healthy, thinking some things through. This is kind of a, a reboot to kind of look at the first four or five episodes that we've had um, and then talk about you know, where, where have we been successful, where have we worked on it. So um, it's interesting that some of the, the feedback overwhelmingly, we'll talk about that here in just a couple of minutes, the feedback's been very positive, uh, especially considering what we're talking about. Um, this is very difficult uh, material. I've learned a tremendous amount. And I wish for a moment, I don't wish it on her, but I wish it for everyone listening, that in the shows that we've done and when Rebecca's been here with me and we've been talking face-to-face, if you could see her face and see her reaction to the questions and the things that we talk about, um, it comes across on the radio when I've listened to the episodes uh, much less painful than it is to actually do it. Uh, This is a difficult subject. So Rebecca is joining me live from her home. I'm here at the Restoring Grace Place, my home, um, and we're going to be just resting and relaxing after this but of course you know what else do you do when you got a lot of stuff going on in life you do a show like this because you got to keep the word out there for those of you listening to the show if you have questions and comments if you need help if you are struggling to understand what may have happened to you what's happening remember you can find us on facebook at candid conversations uh on the facebook page click on it like it send us a message either rebecca or myself rebecca handles most of the narrative with that i'll respond back and say hey i see you and we'll get to you as soon as we can uh, so thanks for hanging out with us, and let's get started. So, Rebecca, you know, it's, it's good to have you back. I'm a very selfish individual. I enjoy having you here and watching you uh, and and seeing everything happening at one time. But right now the situation doesn't allow it, so um, we're going to make the best that we can. Now, Rebecca, we, we're only a few episodes in, and Candid Conversations has been met with some pretty mixed reviews. Uh, for the most part, very supportive. People are connecting. Right. The page is doing well, but the connection isn't so much with the page. It's it's really with the pain and suffering of victims of sexually based crimes. And we're hearing some of their stories. 
uh, from some very courageous victims. I have seen some of the emails that have come through. They are shocking to me um, how people really want to say this really is happening to me. But right now, I want to take a sidebar because there's something that's irritating me. So I want to clear some things up and, and go for it. I want to address the folks that are convinced, convinced, I'm using the C word here, convinced mm-hmm. that the show's about male bashing and branding men sexual predators. I find that extremely interesting since the host of the show, I mean, most of the time I'm a man, right? I find this yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, but about male bashing and branding men as sexual predators, let me ask you this. What has your police experience, what has your personal experience taught you about this this part of it? Okay. Wow. I mean, well, first of all, David, um, I'm glad to be back here. I'm in my bathroom again in my shorts. And my son is playing video games in his room, and he gets kind of animated. So I just text him to, to be quiet and stop cussing. So I can, you know, do a show, but male bashing. Wow. Um, geez. First of all, David, I just have to say, I don't like the term male bashing. We do not do that here on the show. I'm not about it. I'm just not. I have a son um, who I've raised. He's an adult now. He's an amazing human being. I'm actually a little disturbed that this is something we have to address, um, but let's address it. I mean, I have, as I'm sure you have now with this question that you've experienced some, I'll say concerns, although they are concerns, of course, but the only feedback I've received of this type has been hateful and hostile. I mean, let me just say, firstly, that I'm not interested in hate or hateful commentary about anything. We started this segment with the purpose of empowering victims and having a safe place for victims. And when I say victims, and I say this every show, I mean male and female victims. Absolutely. If they, you know, and victims, they need to talk about stuff. It's hard. It's hard stuff to talk about. It's the ugly stuff. It's ugly enough. We speak for the victims. I mean, we listen to them. We listen to their stories. We only have a limited time on the shows um, to begin with. So even though we've never said it under 30 minutes, but um, in respect to going back and forth with someone who's just giving hateful feedback, I'm just not going to do it. Someone like that, male or female, they're committed to misunderstanding anyway. Um, I don't have to defend myself, my reputation, my character. You know, my integrity has been questioned. I don't have to defend that with anybody. What I personally have experienced after the shows is um, positivity. Um, I've experienced, like, the vulnerability and a sense of, like, togetherness and empowerment, basically, for the most part. I mean, I put myself out there, too, David, with that same vulnerability that it's extremely difficult for me. You've seen me, um, you know, kind of break and, and bend, and but I do it. I do it for the victims and survivors who are just like me. I do it for the families like mine, um, meaning me and my kids and my partner. I've had to reduce my family, as most of you know, because of the hateful and ignorant and harmful reaction to sexual abuse, just like this. I mean, it changed my whole life. It changed the trajectory of the rest of my life. So it's intensely important to me to pick this and, you know, pick this time and, and, and this, this uh, what do you want to call it, this avenue, this platform, um, to talk about these ugly things. And I have to say that, you know, when I'm met with hate, I, and I want to be clear, my message is not going to change. 
it's not going to change. With your hate is not going to penetrate any of the reasons we do this. Then maybe this show is not for you, and I'm sorry. Um, you don't have to listen. You don't have to agree. Now, I'm just talking about the hateful feedback and the comments I received directly, and it's only been by a couple of people, like maybe two or three. And guess what? I ended my friendships with those people. One was, you know, nine years in the making, and it was warranted to end it. When you start to, you know, call me names or tell me and assume that I, I think he quote said, I ruined who knows how many innocent men's lives because you arrested no evidence because you're a woman and because you're a victim. Okay, I don't have to tolerate that. I don't have to, and I'm not going to. It's not, you know, it's not my responsibility and it's not anyone else's responsibility, any victim's responsibility to lay at their feet all their expertise, all their personal, you know, experience, all their trauma, all their reasons, and, and all my personal or in professional knowledge and experience, my credentials. I don't have to lay that at someone's feet every single time I talk to them. And if I find myself doing that, I just, I can't talk to them. I mean, we as a whole have so excuse me, but we have so damn much more to deal with. We do not need them. Um, Our message and our goals are being talked about with the intent of love and support. You know, we're coming from a place of love. We've always come from a place of love. And so if you want to be hateful, you know, and ignorant, go do it somewhere else. I mean, but let me address the, the actual concerns that, you know, and, and maybe they're unspoken concerns. Maybe people don't want to really get up and say that. Um, but if there are concerns that, you know, we or particularly me might be like male bashing or branding them sexual predators, um, the people who are thoughtfully replying or asking about this, because it's important, I mean, it's valid, and I am interested. It's it's a term, you know, this term being used as, I don't know if it's being used as part of like the backlash against feminism or women in general, the male bashing, because Bashing is, like I said, I'm disturbed by that word. Um, To bash someone is basically like to strike them with a violence or like a heavy blow to someone undeserving. It's just um, verbally, I mean, this would mean that we were basically verbally abusing or attacking men. And why would we do that? This is a show about and for victims. I mean, victims, David, male and female. Um, now, of course, I, I did expect a little bit of concern that this was some form of feminist movement or that I might have a feminist agenda. It's no secret, okay, I'm a feminist, right? <laughs> but guess what? So is my son. So is my son-in-law. And so are many, many of my male friends. It has nothing to do with it. Um, now, my partner, on the other hand, he is not a feminist, but that's another show. Um, but I stated in the very first show... <laughs> And I continuously, you know, reiterate that when I talk about, and I say this every show, when I talk about um, or say the word victim, I'm absolutely talking about male and female victims. Um, I've also have said that while I say victim means male and female, we will more often use female pronouns because statistically um, females are more often victimized by men. That's a hard fact. Um, That's not anything I came up with. That's not anything I can do about. Uh, Professionally, my police experience, that's what I've learned as well and witnessed. I've never actually had a male victim. And that's not to say there are not male victims out there. We've had shows about this. We've discussed this. Males have a a specific 
set of, of problems that, that female victims don't, and we've addressed that. Um, but statistically, females are more often victimized by males. Now, so even though, though that's true, the only reason I say that um, at, on the shows is for the sake of time, really, instead of saying he or she or him or her in every single sentence, I'll mostly use the female pronouns for the sake of time because, and because, you know, the majority, right? Now, we've had, you know, specific talks about male victims, um, especially. We've talked about female vi- victims specifically. Only when, like, the dynamics differ, right? We've addressed on many occasions, especially male victims, of course. We've discussed the importance and the different hardships that males face, especially as male victims. Um, I try to even state on each show, and people can go back and listen for it if they're really interested. I reiterate, again, I talk about victims, both male and female, and I state um, male victims, and I, I'm just going to slow down to this, male victims are no less important than female victims. I say this all the time. And, in fact, we need to address male victims especially and specifically on a lot of occasions and shows we have male victims um, face some of the especially hard things and consequences, and we need to be talking about it like we do. We do talk about it. And, I mean, David, after our very first show, um, the very first comment I got was from a male friend of mine who I've known, like I said, for about nine years maybe. But the very first comment, it was something like, I listened, it sounded good, but maybe you should not only talk about women because it's because you're a woman. And he flat out said that it's because you're a woman and you're a victim too, so you talk about women. And I explained to him that I explicitly said that when I say victims, I mean male and female. I was very careful that first show. And I have been sent to address each. There is not a divide. Every victim is important. Um, We've talked specifically about the dynamics of each gender. Now, we we do that. And we've addressed men on a number of topics. Um, we're discussing that. And, you know, if it has to do with that gender specifically, we talk about it. Um, we've talked about the importance of, like, what we teach our boys and young men. And that's not male bashing. That's male supporting. Um, but male bashing, it's just that's not what we do here, period. We're, we're not just being, like, angry and spouting, like, you know, we're not sitting here bashing men. That isn't feminism. Um, I try not to bring a lot of that in. It's not what feminism is, first of all, to begin with. And if you don't think so, then honestly, I just can't help you. That isn't what our show is about. It's not what I'm about. And we've only just started. And this is a, a fantastic journey. And I feel that we've had a fair representation or at least a discussion of both males and females. Um, I mean, I've had some hateful comments that I'm a biased sexist, that I don't care about nobody but women, that, you know, I speak about believing victims with no evidence, no proof, and this type of thing is just ignorant. Um, It's baseless, and (laughs) I'm not even going to address it any further. I just, I'm not interested in hate. But I am interested if you have concerns that maybe we need to talk more about something i would love to do that i would love to hear feedback and i know it's hard i just vulnerability on the shows that that i expect you guys are going through and um i'm not male bashing because i'm a feminist it's just not true that's a stereotype that's we've talked a lot on here about myths right stereotypes myths and that's just a stereotype it's not 
who I am. And as far as talking a whole lot about female victims, yeah, we do that. We address both, though. But the fact is more males offend against females. Um, We can't ignore that. We've, We've addressed problems around that specifically. We've talked about, we've had a whole show about helping to define consent, how it goes both ways. Um, you asked what my police experience has taught me about male bashing or, um, you know, branding men as sexual predators. I mean, the facts are the facts. I, I don't control them. There are more female victims, and when they're victimized, they're usually victimized by males. But um, let me just steer it in a different direction just a little bit. Um, like we talked about the myth, right? The, the whole show is about rape myths, and that's what we started talking out about. The harmful truth is that police, and this is what I've seen personally, police are the ones who are likely, the more likely to believe myths than anyone else, and they do. And I'll never understand that, I don't think. Um, we've talked about that. But I've watched and unfolded myself. I've experienced it per- personally. Um, police can be cynical, and it's sad to me. It's actually unacceptable to me that victims have to be that vulnerable and open up about these horrible things that happen to them to somebody who believes in the rape myths that we talked about. I've seen them spend their investigative time trying to discredit and disprove victims. So my experience being a police officer um, and detective, I've had 17 years in the law enforcement field. It has taught me that acceptance of any myth or stereotype, even the stereotype that, that I'm male bashing is harmful and it's dismissive. And it happens. I, I get it. It happens. But it happens too much. I mean, once is too much. We can sit down and talk. But And for being a male victim, let me just say, coming out to the police, we've talked about this before and we'll talk about it again and again and again. Males face very different and very um, real hardships specifically because of their gender. So we talk about gender-specific things and on here a lot. Um, but we, what we don't do is male bashing. So it's not the same thing. It's not what we're about. And anyone who's thinking this or, or like you said, convinced just simply is not listening to the show. I mean, we're not hearing my words, period. So I know it's a common misconception with groups who support victims, but it's just not true. So we also, that's what I also would bring up is when, when you have, when you have somebody who disagrees with something you're doing, that's fine. We, I understand that. Right. It's a damn thing to question somebody's integrity. It's talking about putting innocent people in jail. When you start shooting off your mouth, we did an entire episode with a expert, uh, a clinical expert, working in a correction facility dealing with men and talking about the hardships that went on there. Um, that was an entire episode uh, dedicated to it. And the other part of it is that we can't, and I can't change this part. There has to be a commitment to follow the evidence wherever it leads. And mm-hmm. if it leads to a high rate of statistics that say these are your primary offenders, that's the conversation that we're going to have. And I can't change that outcome because somebody says, well, uh, that's gender specific. Yeah, it is. We have yeah. to just be able to say, yeah, it is gender specific. So if you hear something that you don't like on the show, that's great. And if it's not for you, that's great. Um, but typically what I don't do is if I don't like the game of pool – and I don't want to play billiards, I typically don't hang out in the billiard hall. So <laughs> right. if, this, if this isn't for you, then go hang out somewhere else. Uh, and you use the word, I want to, a rabbi's got a great saying, we're not here to cause heat, we're here to share light. There's a difference. Um, oh, heat is just it. about arguing, arguing and having conversations and, 
and everybody trying to convince everybody, the show's not designed for that. It's about light. It's about showing some light out there. So um, yeah. I agree with you. All right, next. Um, when, and I actually remember when we talked about this, when we started first started the concept of the show, and you and I met personally for the first time. That's right. I've actually met her, guys, by the way. To start <laughs> I exist. <after>. Um, <laughs> okay. I began, after we talked, I began talking to women that I know personally. Uh, professionals that are in the same business I'm in, uh, pastors and teachers and, and clerics and ministry type positions. I could not find a single one that had not at some point experienced a sexual assault or sexual type of some kind of sexual type of violation. These are my friends. These are my family. Mm-hmm. These are my colleagues. These is my wife. How yeah. much understanding do we need to develop so that these stories that these people are holding in have a safe place to be addressed. And right before you answer that, this is one of the reasons why I'm picking the bone about the mail bashing thing. Guys, if you're going to come on a page and make all these wild accusations and this ridiculousness, you're actually prohibiting the people I need to have a free chance to talk on the page. So I just need you to shut up. That's not what it's because, for. So let me yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. How important is it? I mean, how do we develop a place where they, they can talk about the stories, where there is a safe place for these conversations to be held? Well, and, and I'm glad you brought up, you know, and reflected back on the mail bashing because I, I want to say that for the people who are doing that, that is harmful to the victims who think about coming on the page, who think about sharing their story. If they see stuff like that, they're not going to want to do it. Who wants to be in the line of fire like that? Their vulnerability is very, very real. And so if we see hateful speech and hateful comments, we're going to delete it immediately. It's not helpful. And, and we have to ask ourselves that. Is this helpful? David taught me that. Is this helpful if I say this? It's not helpful. So, and how much understanding do we need? Oh, wow. Um, well, David, like I reiterate on every single show, um, and we'll continue to do so, we need to understand a few things. Um, and keep the reminder. And first of all, the number one thing I think we need to understand is that sexual crimes are violent crimes. I say this every single time. And the reason I say this is because as supporters of victims, as family members and as friends and colleagues um, and spouses of victims, we have to know that these types of crimes have an especially traumatic effect on victims, just like any other violent crime that we see on like the news or watch on TV, you think about, wow, could I go through that? We have this, you know, as humans, this ability to empathize most of us and, and put ourselves in the place of someone. And, and, and we do that often. I find myself doing that often and we need to understand. And and even if we can't do that, we need to know that these violent, violent crimes are especially traumatic. They, and, and we need to know that. So I say that. They have a lasting effect of personally damaging trauma, which absolutely and definitively will change that victim's life. It'll change your life if you're close to them, their whole life. And, and we need to understand that. We need to understand as the family of a victim. And like I said, I'm not just a victim of chronic sexual abuse as both a child and an adult, but I'm the mother of a victim uh, of that same thing. And what we need to understand is that we aren't always going to understand but we can be there for them. We can understand that the violence that they've been through will affect them. So I talk about it on every show. 
sexual crimes are violent crimes. We have to keep remembering that. Um, and I also remind our listeners um, or anyone that anyone, and I do this every show, anyone can be a victim. Nobody's immune from being a victim. And anyone is capable of being an offender and that they look like everyone else. We can't be closed-minded about that. We can't ignore that. Um, you know, we, we might hear someone's story. Someone's, someone might disclose to us. My daughter disclosed. And I just couldn't believe, and I'm not saying I didn't believe, I said I just couldn't believe, it blew my mind who offended against her. So as long as, that's why I say it every, every show, offenders can look like anybody. Anybody's capable. And anyone can be a victim, even you. Um, but with the understanding of those few things, you know, we might be better able to support those victims in our lives. And like I said, we don't always have to understand certain things, such as, like, I've got these, I've received these questions from, from my family. Like, why didn't this person tell sooner? Why didn't they act, why did they act normal in front of this person after the abuse? Why didn't this person fight them off? You know, things of that nature. Um, We don't have to understand that because the fact is that you simply won't totally understand unless you've been there and maybe not even then. Every circumstance is different. Um, so we need to understand that there isn't a normal reaction or a normal response. There's no formula to re- how you respond to sexual abuse. Um, but what we can do is we can understand um, the incredible vulnerability. I've said it a few times, and it's an, it is an incredible vulnerability, and the incredible bravery that it takes to talk about this. To, and if you're, someone's talking to you about this, you need to understand they, they are trusting you. They, they have to talk to you, and not everybody does. That's why people don't come out. It's part of why people don't come out. They have to go up against their family. They have to go up against the police. And I say up against. They go up against. It's sad to me, but they do. But if they're talking to you about that, you know, that's, that's, that's good. They trust you enough to tell you their story, their pain. Respect that. You have to respect that. And don't violate that. You know, Rebecca, you bring up a really great point, and it's something I want people to think about. Uh, if you all go to work on Monday or Tuesday and you meet a coworker and he walks in and he's limping, you're going to say to the guy, hey, what happened to you? And he's, oh, my, I was playing golf, I twisted my ankle, or he did something stupid, or he slipped in the pool. And we pick those things up, but we are so completely out of tune. These kinds of things that we're talking about, you just said a few minutes ago, anyone can be a perpetrator and anyone can be a victim. There are no scarlet letters, you know, sewn on the clothing of the people that walk by that tell you, oh, be careful of this person because she's been raped, or be careful of this guy because he enjoys raping somebody, or be careful. That's not how life is. And the fact of the matter is we have just gotten so content with pretending that this doesn't happen, and that's what really got me. After we met, and I I talked to close to 25 and I did focus in on women because I just got done talking to you, and I thought, these numbers can't be right. And I can go 25 yeah. for 25, and every single one of them are telling me the same story. We don't understand the pain and the suffering and how it impacts somebody in their life, the way they talk to people, the way they may be suspicious of certain things, the way that certain hair colors, food smells, um, locations trigger them. And you're like, wow, what did I say? It's because so much of this stuff is is course of discovery. So that's part of what the Candid Conversations page is about, is about letting them have an opportunity 
to say things. And I have found since, and I don't mean this in a negative way. You know, I love you, but uh-huh. I, found since dealing with, I, I found since dealing with you on this show, my perspective and my look and my insights into people is completely different now than they've ever been before. I'm actually paying attention to what people say. I'm looking more deeply into the things that they do, thinking to myself, I bet there's something that happened that caused this. And I think it helps me become a better person because I become more aware of things that I used to think were really funny that aren't funny. And things that I used to think were okay that are definitely not okay. And by the way, you made my night. My my favorite thing, my favorite saying is, this is not helpful. So I'm just so glad you're running for that because I say that all the time. My kids hate it. My coworkers hate it. They hate who they, whoever taught you that. We hate them too. So now you can be on the same level of hate everybody because it's at the end of the day, it's just it's not helpful. We're not getting anywhere. Oh. So, yeah. all right. Now we started off where we thought we were going to try and get four or five questions done. That's not going to happen. So I want to do one more. Um, and this is one that I know is extremely uh, personal to you because I've been watching the journey. I've seen you face to face. I've seen the things that are being said on Facebook. And at some point I've always asked myself, she, you know, when is she going to call me on the phone and say, okay, that was fun. Click. We're done with this, but we're, we're just starting out. And we started this conversation and this conversation is really different than a lot of the other shows I do. This conversation is painful. It is offensive. It is difficult. It is harsh. And that's like the good points. And, and, yeah. and we still have so many topics that we're kind of trying to figure out how to handle. What do we bring up next? Uh, gender equality in the workplace, for example. Talking about that. We, we've got a lot of things to do. I understand why I do it. I have a question for you. What's really driving you moving, moving forward to keep this conversation going? Oh, David, now I'm going to start crying. Um, let me tell you. Okay, no one I can gotta see you. I, no one can see you. Okay. You cry. No, oh, I, no one can see I, you. I, no, no, I'm not an ugly crier. I actually look really good crying. <laughs> That's my only quality. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm lying. Okay, I'm lying. <laughs> but no, I mean that. Okay, what keeps me going? Oh my! Let me tell you about. You know, I use a hashtag sometimes, and I know people don't understand it. It's not like you know the Me Too movement or anything, but it's my own personal hashtag that I use. But let me tell you about why I use it. Um, it's the hashtag that it is my fight. Um, so I've been, you know, in pretty intensive therapy since August, and I've been vocal about it. Um, I've changed a lot about myself. Um, one thing major um, that I have changed is that in standing up for victims, yes, male and female, um, but in standing up for victims, I've been feeling, and I've said this so many times, a vulnerability. Um, that's a huge word to me, but I've been able to turn that into empowerment enough to have the strength it takes to like be an advocate for others. Um, in fact, and most people are like this, but I find that I'm a better advocate for other people than I am for myself. Um, that's something I'm really working on too, but I'm working on myself. So I'm discovering who I am as a woman, um, especially. And I found that, okay, I'm a feminist, which, you know, wasn't in my upbringing. Um, quite the opposite actually, but about six months ago or so when I started using this hashtag, this is the reason six months ago, um, I made a post about the fact that I have had to teach my daughters 
to not make eye contact with men um, or groups of men in public, like in cars and whatnot, um, so that they don't have to be perceived as being a bitch. Sorry, but being a bitch to men. That's what the post is about. Um, Because men who might come on to them, being a bitch to somebody who is coming on to you has um, been dangerous for us. It's been dangerous for women. It just has. I've experienced personally when rejecting like a male or a group of males, they can get upset, uh, react in anger, especially in front of others. Um, I'm not talking about all males, of course. And, you know, maybe I should start saying that, that disclaimer, but it is what it is. So while I was talking about, you know, this post partner, um, and I'll just, I know I, I share a lot of personal information on here, but this, this is one of them. Because it's a personal question to me. Um, while I was sharing this information and with my partner, he got, you know, kind of upset with me. He actually got mad. And he made the comment that, you know, why do I care that I'm a bitch to a strange man? Um, kind of insinuating that I should be like, and I told him that. <laughs> but I told him that because it's dangerous. Because women and men get killed over rejection. And this really affected me and he went further to say, you know, you always make everything your problem. So I, I just told him that in fact, this is the fact that women are afraid to get killed. Um, they're afraid to get killed. Like I gave the example of um, females going on blind dates. In fact, like how that's their biggest fear is getting killed. And men's biggest fear is the woman being fat. That's just a fact. It's been surveyed. Um, and he told me, just don't go on blind dates then. So, as I was struggling with this conversation, I ended up getting into another conversation with a young man who made this statement that he said, women who get blackout drunk get what's coming to them because they shouldn't be drinking. Um, so I'm telling my partner about this simultaneously and because we're, we're discussing it. And he tells me, why is it your fight? You make everything your fight, you know? So I'm, and you know, I've been called a social justice warrior before. You're damn right I am. So I'm sitting there in tears, literally, and I'm confronting this young man at the same time, and I'm feeling extremely unsupported and, in fact, like backed into a wall over this. And here's where I'm going to cry. And I'm sitting there just literally sobbing in in silence, looking at my phone, and a message from this amazing young woman. Oh, God. And I want to have her on, but a message came through from this amazing young woman. She tells me that. She's been wanting to stand up to this guy, this individual that she's known. She tells me that because I stood up to him, that she could stand up to him. And she ended her friendship with him. And ours began. So, and she has, she's so smart and she's so, such a, an incredible woman. I'll just say Michaela, but I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm sitting there in the dark and I'm just like sobbing quietly. And I turned to my partner and I just told him, pretty boldly it is my fight it's my fight this is why it's my fight it's all of our fights it's everyone's fight this is everyone's fight it's it's my fight and it will always be and David it's your fight too it's our listeners fight um and and I just that's why that's why I keep going it's not always easy for me um I'm a mess as sure you know personally I'm a mess and I'm getting there, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting better, <laughs> but I will first admit that I'm kind of a mess. And 
I do it because I know others are sitting out there right now listening to this and they're hurting and they're scared and they're, they're, they're questioning themselves and they're, they're sitting there thinking they're not brave enough. I've had the same thought even in the last two weeks about doing the show. I, I sat there and said, am I brave enough? I'm just not brave enough to do this again. And I am brave enough. Just the fact that, that I am still here and I'm still talking and I'm still fighting and I get up every day, even if it's not as fully as my bed, I get up every day and I do this. Because it is everyone's fight. It's my fight, and it will always be. So. There, there's a group out in Southern California that I know their pastor really well, and they run a program called Celebrate Recovery. And they have one of the best, and I was like floored the first time I heard it, uh, but they have one of the best uh, explanations for people in your position. Um, I, think what, I think what's hampered the conversation is we've always said, well, this is something that experts should handle. This is somebody who's got their I'll use this I'll use this phrase because it's less offensive. Somebody who's got their poop in a group. Uh this is their kind of thing. We we need these kind of people. But the celebrate recovery people have really honed in on the fact that the best kind of people to carry on these conversations are the people who've gone through it. And so their phrase is wounded healers. That's wow. what they call that's what they call their uh, their version of counselors. They don't call them counselors. They call them wounded healers. And the idea is that um, that you and I are on the same uh, same painful walk together. I'm just a couple steps ahead. Here's some things I've learned if you find it helpful. But the idea is like picture everybody on the ladder. The one guy's on the top, and we're all pulling a rung up at a time. But they use that phrase "wounded healer," and I think that there's a certain degree of empowerment that happens when somebody's actually tasted something, or been somewhere, or has gone through something. Uh, right. They're the they're the ones that I want to hear. I, I don't want to talk right. to somebody who who knows where Kansas is. I want to know somebody who drove there. That's what I want to know. Right. And maybe that person maybe that person is not a AAA member. Maybe they're just somebody who's been there. So that's where I think the authenticity for the program. And for those of you listening that are that have a hard time with some of the things that Rebecca says, I want to remind you of an old Scottish parable. If you throw a rock into a pack of dogs. The one that yelps is the one that got hit. If something's bothering you about something that gets said, reflect back and take a look at your life and ask yourself, why is it upsetting you that she said this and you're not even in this picture? Or why is it upsetting you that somebody's doing this show? Look, we're not talking about you. We're not even talking to you, but you're yelping. Exactly. So if, if you got hit, if you got hit and something hit you, Look into it. There's a message somewhere that's, that's right. in there. I didn't want to go there. <laughs> you know, my daughter went there too. You know, like if you're having a problem with this, you actually have a problem with yourself because we are reaching out to others, not you. I will tell you, speaking, speaking of a, some of the things, a couple of the emails that we have read, I will tell you, folks, that those of you that have sent messages into, into the show – and have talked to us about the things that are going on in your life. I cannot tell you how powerful those communications are. I, I am amazed and impressed and enthralled that you get up every day and you put your clothes on and you put one feet in front of the other and you go to your work and you take care of your families all this time carrying this burden. And I want to tell you that we see you. 
we'll listen to you. We will have the tough conversations with you. But we don't know who you are unless you reach out. And as Rebecca said earlier, if you put something on the page that's not going to fly and you get kicked off, go cry to your mom about it. I don't want to hear it. There, there, are some, there are people out there that are responding back. We have had, by the way, a gentleman from Australia send us a message and talk about what happened to him, speaking about male victims, and the things that he went through. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. And it's very hard at times. Please listen carefully to this, people. It's very hard at times not to see all the destructive behavior of humanity. I was joking earlier with my wife. I know why we've never been able to improve, improve in UFOs and intelligent life from other planets. I think they fly over, they see how we treat each other, and they just move on. <laughs> yeah, because great. we are so hateful and so cruel yeah. and so vindictive and so evil to each other that where do you go to find somebody who says, I see you, I see what you've been through, I went through something similar, our stories are different but our past can be the same, and that's the whole point. There has to be a landing spot. There has to be a place for people to carry on the conversation. That's, by the way, how conversations got into our title is because we realized that's what they needed to be. They need to be conversations. they got to be out in the forefront. Um, I was asked two weeks ago why I'm doing these segments, and I said, well, the first part was easy. I found somebody who actually knows what they're talking about because I wouldn't do it if I didn't well, believe thank you. you. I would. Well, thank you, David. I said, the other part is, it upset me so greatly to know that I have let this go on without ever saying I'm against it. And shame on me. I mean, that rang my bell. Shame on me that I knew this was happening, and I kept saying, well, somebody else can deal with this. Somebody else can talk about it. Somebody else can. We'll let the Celebrate Recovery guys do it. But when I really thought about, well, let's talk about this, and we started talking, I realized that, there was very little choice in my life not to talk about it and to continue talking about it. That's kind of where we are with the show. What happens next, we don't always know. But I do know that people heard what you said tonight. They heard that anyone can be a victim and that anyone can be a perpetrator. We also heard yeah. that it's not, a, it's not about male bashing. It never has no. been about that. It's always been about no. victims. And what you hear, I'm not responsible for what you hear. I'm responsible for what right. I say. And if you're getting whacked right. inside the head and it's bothering you, look internally and solve the problem. But I'm telling you guys yeah. right now, I don't, I don't want to hear any more conversations about Rebecca this, Rebecca that. Rebecca, I'm done. I'm done listening to it. We will kick you off that page. We will plow you like a cornfield. Whatever we have to do, <laughs> because there has to be a place where somebody watches this go on and say, I might be able to tell my story here. Real quickly, Rebecca, before we close, let's talk about the, the page. Uh, how do they get a hold of us? What's the best way for them to get messages out to us and, and, and let people know where we're at? Okay, and it's, it's on Facebook. And you know what? I just, let me just point out real quick. Most of our, our likes on the page have been for males, the majority of them. And that's interesting to me. Um, but go to our Facebook page, Conversations. Um, you can find it through me. I'm Rebecca Lynn on there. Um, and message us. We want to hear from you because you know what? We we are you. We're we're listening. We believe you. We hear you. And you're brave. I know that doubt that you have. I, I experience it for myself. Sometimes 
several times a day. Am I brave enough? I'm just not, I can't do it. But I hear you. We're with you. Um, we hear your pain. You can do it. It's not easy. Nothing about this is easy, but you are brave. I know you are. Use that pain. Use that anger and that fire and, and be, start this path to recovery. If you're a supporter of a victim, I applaud you for listening wholeheartedly. If you've never been victimized and you're listening to this, thank you. I mean, this is what's going to change. I don't know that we'll ever stop sexual violence. I don't, I don't think so. I know people want to say that, but I don't know. Um, but we will speak out against it. We will never let it be okay. And we will always listen to you and we'll get back to you. And I appreciate every like, I appreciate every comment and we're not going to throw out questions that are mean or whatever, but if you're hateful, you're gone. We're not here for you. We're here for the brave people, the victims and the supporters of them. And folks, we thank you so much for joining us. And I want to remind everybody, Rebecca talks about this every single episode. We're not looking for survivors stories. We don't know what that even means. I don't know what that means. What I'm looking for is stories right where you're at. Good, bad, and different, yeah. the, the ugly, the brave, right where you're at. You have a story that is so incredibly meaningful and so incredibly powerful, and you can do exactly what Rebecca is doing and several of the other people that have messaged us on the page by telling your story, facing it, and bringing those things forward and talking about it. You give people courage. And you give people the ability, you give people a landing spot where they can come back and have the same conversation. So if you look at your life and you say, well, I went through this and I'm a mess, messes are encouraged. Mess is yeah. encouraged. Life is messy. It's not about I've got it all together, we've got these great survivor stories. No, we want your story. We just want you. Thank you so much for joining us here live on Archive. My name is David Fournier, instructor here at Restoring Grace. We'll be back with another copy of Candid Conversations soon. Have a great night. Thank you. Well, I've looked to walk around the world to ease my troubled mind.